No, no, this is the show. We're just going to talk purely about read sectors. Um, <laughs> stuff to do with, like, CD lasers. Yep. This is episode 83 of the Insert Credit Podcast. I'm Alex Jaffe, and the video game I most closely associate with the darkest time in my life is Grand Theft Auto 4. Whoa. Uh, interesting. Huh. That's a rough Um, one. Yeah, what's the darkest point in my life? And what video game were you playing, then? <laughs> well, it doesn't. Can I pass and come back to me? Yeah, you it can pass. It doesn't have to be you playing it necessarily either. Yeah, I know, I know. Right. Let me. Let anyone have one while I think about this? Hey, I got one. Okay. I'm Brandon Sheffield, and the video game I associate with the darkest point in my life is Street Fighter Four, and I'm not going to explain it. You don't have to. <laughs> Alright, uh, I'm Frank Sabaldi. The video game I associate with the darkest point in my life, a.k.a. high school, is Final Fantasy VII, which I didn't play, but I watched someone play. Uh, yeah. My name is, uh, my name is Tim Rogers, and the video game I associate most with the, most with the darkest point in my life is all of them. <laughs> That's a cop-out. I thought he was going to say, um... I would say Final Fantasy VI. I would say Final Fantasy VI, because, uh... I was in high school, and some kid had burned the gym down, and we got a week off school, and I played Final Fantasy VI, and I, I hated high school because I was an obese mute, and, uh, yeah. Yeah. So I played that game Similar to my several, several times. High school and Final Fantasy, not a good mix. <laughs> well, I mean, it was better than having nothing. True. Kumar? Uh, yep, I'm Matthew Kumar, and the video game I associate with the darkest time in my life is... The original Legend of Zelda, and I will also not uh, explain that. <laughs> I read I read your zine about it, though. Yeah. If, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, if yeah. those of you listening at home want to answer that question in the chat, if you're watching this live, uh, go That's ahead and do that. That's too bad. Well, I'll read them, uh, but nobody else will. No. Uh, so, the way this show works for our new listeners is I introduce a topic, we talk about it for six minutes, and then I introduce a new topic. And we do that a bunch of times, and that's the whole show. True. Cool. Yeah, I agree. Here is the first of those topics. Who's uh, this Matthew Kumar guy? Oh, yeah, this Matthew Kumar guy is our guest for this week. He's not usually on the show, but he's on the show now. He's uh, Brandon's friend. He's my friend. <laughs> there you go. That's it. That's all you need to say that's about best. it. That's all you get. Ultimately, when it, when it comes down to, to, to everything, like on his business card... Matthew Kumar, Brandon's friend. I believe I uh, I met Matthew Kumar first. I believe. No, no, you did. Did. did I meet you first, Matthew Kumar? Uh, yes. Yeah, you did. Yeah. I went to Japan the year before I met Brandon, so just one year. Oh man, yeah, because we met in a we met in a flat in um in Holland. Yeah. No, actually, we met in France originally, and then we went to a flat right. in Holland. In France first, yes. Yeah. Because Europe's small like that. It sounds like an interesting exchange, right? You met 
in Paris, and then for some reason we were then in a flat in Holland. Like, yeah. I think the viewers can sort of create their own narrative there about what happened. Yeah, why not? It did involve drugs. It did. That's true. <laughs> that's true. Uh, good times. That's that's how it should be. That's how all stories should end. Great. It, it involved drugs. But should we actually explain? Matthew, Matthew Kumar uh, has uh, done a lot of writing, including for Insert Credit mm-hmm. in the past, and uh, now he's making a game called Night and Damsel for the Ouya. Yeah, and I guess I came on here... Uh, one thing I can mention is... Or is this a thing I do at the end of the podcast? I don't know. There's, there's, it now. there's an event uh, called uh, BitBazaar coming up. I think it's uh, May 10th in Toronto. A lot of like uh, zine makers and game developers are going to be um, showing their games and selling stuff. For example, Metanet will be showing N++ and they'll have... Um, N++ stationery that's really beautiful. Um, so if you're in Toronto or near Toronto, you should come to BitBazaar on May 10th. It's part of Toronto Comic Arts Festival. It's a thing you should go to. Uh, look it up. Yeah. What, if, uh, what if I'm in Toronto and I have like something a lot better to do? If you have something a lot better to do, there is actually nothing better to do other than to go to the Toronto Comics Arts Festival. That's the that sounds like uh, a convincing argument. So. I, yeah. I learned from the movie Argo that if you pronounce the city like Toronto instead of Toronto, uh, terrorists will murder you. Yeah, wow. that's actually that's exactly true. So that's an important thing to keep in mind when you go there. Yeah. Uh, speaking of going places uh, where people play and make video games. Uh, let's talk about uh, the Penny Arcade Expo that happened between this show and last show. Uh, that happened, and a bunch of you were there. Was it any less embarrassing than the last one? Well, I, um, I think uh, so. Tim and I were both technically there, but um, I believe that Tim was probably manning video ball the entire time, and yeah. I only showed up for two appointments and didn't really hang out other than that. Yeah, Frank was uh, Frank was really, really uh, just doing a whole bunch of bragging on Twitter about being in Boston but not being there. Yeah. To the point where it's like every time I looked at Twitter, it was Frank with a picture of something else he was looking at in Boston. It's like, yeah, good job, guy. I'm standing in this goddamn. I'm just goddamn hip deep in in the garbage here. Hip deep <laughs> in the stuff. I was in a booth in the back of Penny Arcade Expo. Uh, just surrounded by a bunch of deadbeats. No offense to you know attendees at Penny Arcade Expo, but uh, <laughs> I was I was really tired, and I was uh, uh, it's it's like have, have, has has anybody here ever been sick? Like had a cold, and stayed home from work? Has that ever happened to you? Because no, that's what it, that's what cold. it's like. That's what it's like. It's like having the flu is what it's like being. I've had that dealing with people. It's like having the flu, but also having to do your job. And, I had uh, to. Uh, I had to demo. I I can't imagine how hard it was for you to do it. What like three days, four days in a row? The whole goddamn time. Yeah, three days. I, three days in a row, setting up at eight a.m. every day and being there until. So I I had exactly one event where I had to uh, demonstrate a game we're working on called IDAR, which is another uh, couch multiplayer competitive thingy, and uh, yeah. It, I, I had an event at a mall, believe it or not. I demoed a game at a mall. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, it's kind of funny. And it was two hours, 
and it was a solid two hours of me like shouting at people the rules. And after the yeah. two hours, I was basically dead. So I can't imagine what it was like for you to have to do that for three solid days. So, so here's a good story that uh, if I weren't sterile, I would certainly be telling my grandchildren if uh, I had any chance of becoming rich someday. Uh, uh, day, day three of the Penny Arcade Expo, my throat is just shredded because my game's rules are not you know, saying this is a good or a positive or a negative thing. My game's rules are a little bit more difficult to grasp than your game's rules because your game yep. has uh, sort of sort of friendly metaphors, whereas mine is all shapes. And, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, if anybody needs a list of 600 infuriating questions about video ball, I can write those out later. But uh, I had to answer them all about 40 to 50 times each. And uh, so my voice is just completely shredded and... Uh, Three most infuriating questions. Go. Uh, how do I make the triangle? <laughs> it's like the triangle is which triangle? There's three different types of triangle. That's your shot. How do I make how do I make the circle? That's the other one. It's like that's the ball. It's not the same color as you. In fact, it is a color equidistant on the color wheel from either team's color. It's uh, it's meant to be the neutral color. It's meant to the colors imply primordially that you you do not belong to that and it does not belong to you, right? I mean, come on, it's graphic design, baby. You know, have you ever looked at a newspaper? Uh, probably. Uh, I mean, no, probably not. Probably, right? probably not. No, you should see what some of these people were wearing. Uh, <laughs> newspapers. So, so, so uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the third most infuriating question. God, it's there's probably about forty of them that are tied for it. But uh, I'm gonna make a pretty cool. Uh, maybe I will write up a thing for insert credits. These are the most annoying, the most annoyingly asked questions. The AAQ for sure. uh, our game. I, I'd read that. Yeah. So you know, I'm just my voice is just shredded from explaining this over just ninety decibel, just sound heat. Mm. For, uh, for what amounted to about 24 hours, and we also showed it at a party. And I flagged down our social media guy, right? You know, I'm not going to name names here, but he's our social media guy. And I go, hey, can you uh, can you fill up this 32 ounce Powerade bottle with some water, right? Like I I emptied this bottle. Can you put some water in here? He's like, yeah, sure, dude. And then uh, like two hours later, I see the guy, and I'm like, hey, did you get that water for me? He's like, what? And I'm like, I gave you that bottle. Like, did you? He's like, oh, I threw that away for you, man. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh God. Okay. And then I go, is there by any chance some bottled water here? And he goes, Nah, dude. Uh, do you want some pop tarts though? And he had like a huge box, like a '96 <laughs> wow. box of pop tarts. So that's that's what it's like working with a publisher. That's also exactly what a social media person should be, probably. Yeah, someone, yeah, but I mean, carries around a '96 pack of Pop Tarts. Everybody. In uh, yeah. in in a couple of years, or maybe in a couple of weeks, possibly in a couple of days, I'm gonna think that story's hilarious. Yeah, just it's, not yet. It's a but, bit uh, funny to me right now, but uh, I can understand yeah, but uh, the memory is sharp. I've I've <laughs> I've slept like eight hours a night the last couple of nights. No, not really, not. Not the night before last night, but I've been getting good sleep because of the residual exhaustion. But uh, I will say this about Penny Arcade Expo: a lot of people were really good at the game really fast. Uh, we had a money match at the end where me and Vito Giswaldi, former guest of the show, uh, 
we put down a hundred dollars cash and said if anybody could beat us, uh, we would give them the cash. And we had, you know, these people had been training, and some people had gotten just really competitive at it. And Lord, we almost lost it once to one wow. particular team, and it was a. Uh, it was it was the result of much screaming uh, around the corner. Iron Galaxy was giving out steam codes for dive kick. If you could beat one of their guys at dive kick, a steam code for a game you're already really good at, uh, you probably yeah. already own it. So I was like, I told Dave Lang, we're gonna give people a hundred dollars if they can beat us. He's like, yeah. <laughs> and uh, that just made me feel even worse because now I've got $100 down. I'm like, oh, my God. So if you want to play video ball really well, uh, put some money on it. And, so I uh, guess uh, – sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. The phrase, uh, okay, the, the, last, the last sentence, the phrase, make th- it makes things interesting. Money sure does make it interesting, let me tell you. <laughs> All right. And, and I guess, like, this is probably more what you were asking, like, because like, uh, we, we, we discussed – last Penny Arcade Expo uh, being really disappointed with the show and not wanting to go and I actually um, said I would never go again but then this just kind of suddenly came up that I needed to promote our game so uh, I felt pretty terrible being there and that's kind of why I was all Twitter bragging about doing other stuff uh, yeah yeah, that that totally makes sense yeah I would have been doing it too god darn I sure didn't get to do sure didn't get to do any other stuff at all the whole goddamn time I was there. I went to the Museum of Bad Art. I went to the Museum of Fine Arts. I went to New England Comics, birthplace of the Tick. I uh, ate at the most yeah. reviewed restaurant in Boston. I ate at the most reviewed hipster brunch at, in Boston. I went to the uh, the uh, crappy diner that Anthony Bourdain went to in uh, No Reservations and said he had the best corned beef of his life. Um, oh, man, I I got a to bunch eat. of stuff. Hey, what was that corned beef? Oh, it was great. It was a whole corned beef hash. I should specify. Uh, CBH. I had uh, I had I, I I had all these grand ambitions to go to all these donut shops yeah. uh, that I really wanted to go to, and I could not make it to any of them. I wanted to go to like all of the top ranked donut and pastry fancy pastry shops in in Massachusetts, and I just I couldn't get to any of them. They were all like walking distance from my hotel. Yeah, because I I went to Mike's Pastry, which is probably one of the ones you had in mind. Right? Yeah, I I went to Mike's Pastry, but I couldn't. The line was too long, and it was like oh, closing. Man. There's nothing people like on podcasts more than talking about local food places. Uh, so let's go on uh, leaving them with a taste of something more. Oh well, okay. uh, wait, I was gonna say something. What was I gonna say? Oh, I looked at the uh, Los or uh, Boston, Massachusetts City Hall. Which is oh, yeah. a, uh, a, a world famous hideous piece of brutalist architecture. That then later, while waiting in line for the most highly ranked Chinese restaurant in Boston, which I did get to eat at, and I ate about six pounds of food on the last night of the show, I ran into Luis Hernandez, a uh, designer director of the game Jazz Punk, who uh, I, I don't know if Matthew Kumar knows him, but he's from Toronto. And uh, we ate Chinese food there, and we talked about how uh, uh, Boston City Hall was actually an inspiration for him in his game. So that was interesting. Because he loves brutalist architecture. So that's the end of that. I don't know what you guys think of. I've had a question about brutalist architecture in the wings of the old uh, question folder for a while. I might whip it out some show soon. Oh, the old QF. I'd All say right. bring, it, bring that goddamn thing, man. But here's the- using that because I hate brutalist architecture a lot. You're perfect. Cause Tim you likes hate it? All right, yeah. uh, next time you're on then. Uh, but for now, which studios have had the best debut video games? Which oh, studios no. uh, released their uh, released the best 
first game. Hmm. Well, Titanfall's pretty good, I hear. Yeah, uh, that count? What's that? Yeah, it can, I mean, I suppose I, it does count. It, it does. And there's there's that, you know, that eco studio. Yeah. They made that eco. There, the, yeah, does that, I guess that counts as a studio. I mean, it does. Yeah. yeah. Um, what else? But I think that's not really in this. I think that we kind of want something that's like from nothing completely, yeah. right? Crack time. But that's cr- crack, crack time? Crack, crack time. time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Crack is, time it, okay. is this going back to the uh, drugs that were had in your flat? No, no. Crack time is man. How did that even happen? That was at that was at the GDC uh, Awards. Yeah, PDC Jason Rubin was helping, hosting the uh, Game Developers Choice Awards, and uh, Crackdown won something. And he goes to Crack time. I mean, <laughs> Crackdown. <laughs> so did so did he actually say that, or did we make that up? No, because he said I it. remember that maybe we made it up. Okay, no, he said, said it. it. He said it, and we spent the rest of GDC uh, uh, verbally designing crack time. Crack time. Yeah. yeah so, see, this is this is why I felt like maybe we made it up because we right. talked about it for so long that it's, it started to <laughs> take on its own mythology. I remember there being a talking shoe that let you know that, hey guys, it's crack time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Running oh, yeah, around collecting, collecting floating crack from yeah. yeah. Yeah, rotating 3D globules of crack, and you have to get on top of the tallest buildings. And stuff. <laughs> that was yeah. crack time. So crack time is definitely the best. So that's uh, crack time. Yeah, that's what we're talking yeah. about, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, crack time. So uh, I'm talking about real rookie cards of video games. Rookie yeah. cards. Rookie, rookie cards. cards. More like mm. rookie cards. Exactly <laughs> like that, yes. Okay. Um, rookie Ricardo. So let's just start sort of thinking of like the best games ever, I guess. Like, yeah. like Team Eco was a good one. There's I a mean, whole lot of games that are the first game a team makes that are really good. So yeah. I mean, and it's like, like GDC does that that IGF every year where they do best debut game by a studio, and I'm like, man, I want to start a new studio. I want to start a new studio because uh, I, I we already blew that one. You know? Do they do they do one about? I don't think they do. They have a. Do they have that as a category? Best debut? Oh nah. wait, or, or is that in the regular Game Developers Choice Awards? It's mm. no, they don't have it anymore. That I think that got retired a few years ago. If we had it at all, it was definitely in like the Game Developer Magazine Awards. But mm. I don't know that it. I'm not sure that was ever at uh, in the Choice Awards proper. It may have at one time, but it's been gone for at least a few years if it was. But yeah, Wait, best debit game. Was uh, uh, Gunstar Heroes Treasures debut? No. No. Uh, no. What, Gunstar Heroes? No, it was not. What was their what? debut, Brandon? Uh, it Here. was... Here. Uh, well, their debut as Treasure was... Was it Dynamite Heady or what? No, it was, um, it was no. the Ronald McDonald game. McDonald. Ronald, it's actually Donald McDonald in Japan. It is. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that. Was it was it that? Was it Donald McDonald? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. Like the Famicom game's called Donald Land. Yeah, Donald. No, no, I I mean, was that their first? Oh, I see. Uh, 
I I don't I don't. Uh, I think mm. that's their first one because it came before Dynamite Heady, uh, and Dynamite Heady is definitely before. I always Gunstar. thought it was uh, uh, Gunstar Heroes. I'm really? looking. Let's go. Let's take no. a look. Let's let's Google it. Let's Google it. Yeah, Treasure. Let's Treasure. I I totally thought it was Gunstar Heroes. Treasure Games Japan Wiki. I, I guess that's too many Google Treasure Company Wikipedia. Uh, Gunstar Heroes. Yeah. There what? you go. Yeah, it was Gunstar Heroes. Oh, well, that's a good debut game. Well, there we yeah. go. I went. Yeah, I guess that's it. Question asked and answered. I was I was actually like when you when you first asked the question that was somehow just bubbling in the back of my head but I'm like we talk about treasure too much around here but no we don't so we yeah, really don't. I'm uh, surprised that that is their first game. Well, they were they were hard hard oh, up yeah. back then. So, I guess to be the platonic example of that, you know, of a good debut. Yeah. Came out of nowhere, I mean, but they were from other teams that did a lot of good stuff. Came together, knocked out of the park immediately, done. Oh, I don't think we're going to get any better than no. that. Let's move it on. Okay. Uh, this week, Halo composer Martin O'Donnell was fired from Bungie without cause. So let's make one up. <laughs> uh, I, I think you kids. Just, just cause. Oh, uh, just cause. I also <laughs> want to point out that... Uh, he claimed he was fired without cause. Let's not make that a factual statement. All right. Fair enough. Okay. And then Blizzard's statement was, he's been with us since the beginning, and now he's gone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the statement was great. <laughs> We're sure he'll find success wherever he goes. And it's like maybe he uh, could have just chilled out uh, and not jumped to Twitter. Maybe he just It seems like he's probably a jerk. Here's the thing. All right, I looked at Kotaku. I don't like I, I. I'm sorry, Mom. I'm sorry, Dad. I looked at Kotaku. And uh, <laughs> the post was like, composer of the iconic Halo theme. And it's like, I've literally played all of those games, and I, could, I, have not, no idea. I could not hum a Halo theme. And it's like, I'm only pointing this out because I've heard it so much that the Halo theme is like a popular piece of music. And I remember Kotaku always being like, you well, know, here's a school choir singing the Halo theme, and it's like, what? What is that? I'm not gonna click on that. Here's a six-year-old girl playing the Halo theme on a violin. It's like, what? What is that? Yeah, when I, I when I try to think of what the Halo theme is, I get like Game of Thrones or 2001 yeah, yeah, yeah. or something like something else like, pops in there. Like Braveheart playing yeah. like from a dentist's office speaker while I'm inside of an aquarium with cold <laughs> water. Yeah, that's that's I don't know. what I feel. I don't know why, but I, who, I have a close friend who used to be a competitive figure skater, and uh, she would do this routine to uh, a song from Halo Three, uh, "One Final Effort," which is kind of like the last level song of the trilogy. Oh, was that all... when you finished the fight? Yeah, that's when you <laughs> finished the fight. That is actually when you finished the fight. It's yeah. it was the in per, the per, the parenthetical title is finish the fight of that song I think that's a joke yeah so uh, so that was a so that was a real uh, song me the stuff from Halo meant stuff to some people yeah, yeah. bunch of nerds hey I have I have to bring this back for just a second to treasure and, uh, <laughs> and, and gunstar versus McDonald's Treasureland okay. I want to point out just how barely gunstar heroes is their first release it was released two weeks Exactly yeah. two weeks before let's, McDonald's Treasureland Adventure. Oh, let's, let's face a fact, though. They definitely started working on Gunstar Heroes first. Oh, oh yeah. 
Oh, definitely. Because because just, that McDonald Land was probably crapped out in like a just, couple. Of- just looking looking that up, I was like, holy crap! That was a that was a close call they, in they terms of their debut game. They could work on McDonald Land after the day that Gunstar. No, was what they did was they used some of their McDonald's budget to make Gunstar Heroes, which they probably got not not very much money for. That's that is true. That yeah. is true. And yeah, now that is almost uh, almost exactly what happened. Yeah. Now that Bungie guy is gonna go work for Treasure, and Treasure's music's gonna be boring. And they're gonna change their name to Trungy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's see Trungy. right before. So Brandon, uh, I I'm gonna I'm gonna I bet you get this a lot as well. And I mean Michael Kerwin were just talking about this the other day. Um, we, we do a lot of these word uh, consonant swap arounds, and immediately oh, yeah. before saying the word, you check. Is that a slur? Is that a hate word? Is that a <laughs> yeah, study? of course, right? And so right before saying "trungy," I was like, "That's that's definitely something." And then I that was like, "No, wait, no, it's not." It, it took like an extra yeah. five seconds, and I was like, "No, it's not. It's okay. Do it." Well, you, know, you may you may recall from you may recall from the last podcast where I accidentally didn't make that check fast enough before my mouth started moving, and I yeah. referred to. The Jaffe cubicle as the jubicle. And then, you gotta be got darn careful with you that. You gotta be real careful with these. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, so anyway, he, he got fired. Uh, why did he get fired? Oh, right. The reason he got fired because they wanted to hire Nobuo Uematsu. That okay, is the no, reason. I know they what. They wanted to hire I, the Final Fantasy composer. They they fired him because uh, every single day he was. Uh, Hustling, stealing, stealing someone's Jello <laughs> from the uh, oh yeah from, he was from the refrigerator, and and he would ju- he would take it, and he was remorseless about it, and and if someone would call him on it, he'd be like, no, it's mine. He was drinking, he was eating it. somebody's protein bars. He was eating yeah. their Jello. He was drinking their Monster Energy drink. And when confronted, he would he would compose a song about how they were actually his. Like, this, is my Jello. This, this is my drink. It's my Jello. Maybe he was gonna like compose. I don't see your name on Jello. Say that again. He was gonna compose the next soundtrack on Jello. You know, like yeah, you know, green Jellos, red Jellos. They have a different. Resonance, probably. I don't yeah. know. Uh, and, Grave uh, Jello, Jello Reach, uh, Jello ODST. The yeah, Wibbly Wobbly so Orchestra, it's called. The, yeah, the, the problem for him was he hadn't stole enough Jello to be able to make the soundtrack he aimed to. Right. So with the new uh, Trungy game, it's going to be some yeah. really red hot Jello jams. Yeah. Jello jams, I like that. Jello jams. Red hot Jello jams. So, I do want to want to point out that his tweet said that the board uh, of directors unceremoniously let him go. So it wasn't like an HR thing. It was like the board the board voted him out. The board yeah, voted him out. So the board of was... directors have the best Jello. I bet. I bet when they go yeah. for their director meetings, there's like a big bowl of delicious Jello in the middle we that you just let your hands into. <laughs> this, this guy was like a founding member of Bungie. He was like a yeah. he was like on the roster. He was like on the ledger, right? Yeah. And uh, just because he did some music, I guess mm-hmm. that's a, a funny thing. I yeah. mean, I'm sure that people could just they could pay somebody to do the music on a contract basis. They they wouldn't need to have a guy who like owns part of the company working on the music, yeah. right? I mean, I could, yeah. Also, they would. I could, wouldn't I could, be able I could to see that if there were together. layoffs. If there were layoffs other than him, I could see it being a money thing. But it's just weird that it's just him. 
They've probably been meaning to uh, to kick him to the curb for a long time. He's probably they probably didn't beat. like the gay. Yeah, he's probably have, a deadbeat. He's probably dirty. I don't know. Yeah. Have you guys <laughs> ever noticed how Grant Kirkhope is attached to like one in every three Kickstarters as maybe we could get this guy if we reach this stretch goal? Who? No idea who that is. Uh, Grant Kirkhope. He did uh, the Banjo Kazooie soundtrack. No man. Oh man, I think man. Because I've never heard about this. Being it, it's a like uh, it's a stretch goal in like one in four games I see on Kickstarter. Wow, so you wonder like different games. So I wonder I if uh, Martin O'Donnell will become one of those Kickstarter guys. I know Probably. Mithiru Yamane is real up on being in Kickstarters now, and also uh, uh, Ken Levine or Cliffy B or Tim Schafer has to be in your video, or else you're not yep. allowed to make it. Right. Yep. Yep. You got to have T. Schafer in there. Has yep. anyone had a Richard Jake's uh, stretch goal yet? No, but they should. Man, if I'm you, really you mean Jack Quest? Yeah, Richard Jackquest. Yeah. Richard Jackquest. Yeah, that guy. Man, love that guy. You gotta yeah. love that guy. Bungie should hire him. Bungie Tim should give him a one percent stake in the company. Tim Fallen uh, retired from games. Oh well, he'd be a really good stretch goal then. Tim yeah. Fallen fell, uh, is now Tim Fallout because uh, Fallout. Yeah. I I, that joke didn't. Yeah. It didn't really go where I wanted it to. I'm afraid. I like it. Though. Yeah. I like it. Didn't Tom Petty write a song about him, Tim Fallen? Yeah. <laughs> Tim Fallen? That's where it should go. Yeah, uh, here's our him. next topic, folks. Oh, hey. Hooray! What game would be the most interesting to watch if all the players were trying to lose? Uh... Well, wait. I I didn't even hear the question. I just I just I did I noticed that there was a question that had been asked. What was all it? Right. <laughs> what game would be the most interesting to watch if all the players were trying to lose? I think it would be Whoa. something something that has a lot to do with physics would be pretty fun and interesting to watch. Like maybe uh, mm-hmm. I don't know some physics platforming game that's multiplayer. Does that exist? <laughs> Physics platform multiplayer. Well, every game could be one person. I mean, every player could be one person. Um, yes. So it could be it's a single player game. Let's not get stuck with the multiplayer. Um, um, didn't you say multiplayer though, Jaffe? I said with all the players. All the players could oh, be one yeah, player. Yeah. Okay. So I guess it could be one player. Yeah. Well, I I think that uh, uh, some of those. Bennett Foddy, Bennett Foddy Wibbly Wobbly games yeah. are pretty fun when you're trying to lose, but you have to be trying to lose after having succeeded for a certain amount of time, or else it's not funny. It's all—it's not as funny if they're trying to lose, though. It's more funny if they're trying to win and they lose. I think. Well, I mean, isn't the Grand Theft Auto? Uh, hey man, let me give you a tip. Don't don't do the missions, man. Just have fun. That's the best thing to do. Isn't that trying to lose? Because you're just trying to yeah. get as many cops and see how long you can hold on. But you're trying to fight back against the losing, right? You can have some pretty spectacular, cinematic, bizarre things happening in Grand Theft Auto when you're just trying to kill a bunch of dudes. It's and it's true. like a it's like a whole game in itself. Yeah. And it's like what most of the kids just want to do with the game anyway, isn't it? Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I think uh, kind of like kind of like Mousetrap. Like no one ever played the actual game. Yeah, they just they kind of played it. with the toys. Yeah, the game was pretty bad. Yeah, that's true. I, I played the game once. But I it played was it once as well, but I turned out to be missing some of the contraptions. I played the game once, and it turned out to be a real disappointment. Hmm. 
an RD, as it were. I think I think I have an an idea, but I don't know if it's gonna be one that people agree with. But um, let's hear it. Those those really bad, uh, broken PlayStation Two games, um, like that Harry Potter game or uh, or London Cab or whatever. Those games were some of them were difficult to lose or to win or to make anything in particular happen in. Yeah. And, uh, I had a lot of fun trying trying to get any kind of end state in those with uh, <laughs> Frank and Chris Woodard at one point. Like London Cab, for example. Like, how are you supposed to win or lose when you can just drive through all the buildings and get straight, just circle around and get straight to your goal or something? Uh, so we, we, we invented new challenges for ourselves, like trying to jump off of this, there was a tiny, like we could go through buildings, but we couldn't go over this tiny little curb that was like six in-game world inches tall, or less, maybe four. Uh, we couldn't get over that thing, and so we were we were trying to find a way into the ocean, as I recall, and eventually we yeah. got there. Like, that was that was a, a real fun time trying yeah. to my, lose. My I think the most my, fun... My uh, sister and I used to do that in Mario Kart 64. That w- that was a thing we did. Uh, instead Brandon, of like racing, we just drove around everywhere. Brandon, I think the most fun you and I ever had trying to lose was um, when they accidentally let us play what was supposed to be a hands-off demo of the yes. first Crisis. Yeah, that was super good. <laughs> and we decided we were going to find the end of the world and jump off, and we we played for like forty-five minutes or something. Like, yeah, uh, just like grinding just up through, a hill. At, yeah, at at going spot. over empty terrain that looked terrible. And, yeah. Yeah. And uh, at one point, the, the Crytek dude came over and we're like, oh, sorry, it's just this seemed like a fun thing to do. And he's like, I want to see if you can get there. I don't think <laughs> it was Crytek, though. No, I don't think it was Crytek. I think he was from EA. Oh, yeah, it was an EA person. So he yeah, should have been even more... Uh, less uh, enthusiastic. Yeah. Even more or less enthusiastic is definitely the right <laughs> But we eventually yeah. found the end of the world and jumped off and it was triumphant. <laughs> and I, I seem to recall like 300 people gathered around in a crowd watching it by that point. Yeah, that's right. No, and I, they, I, they lifted us above their shoulders and carried, carried us outside. And... I remember what actually happened when we jumped off the world, too. We were expecting it to be anticlimactic. But yeah. It was one of those... Things where it just kept making an additional image of him. Yeah. And it was just like that this stuttery shutter stop thing as you fell through and the world stuttery just shutter stop. crazy geometric pattern. We we're like, wow, that was totally worth it. <laughs> um, I mean, uh, Jaffe said uh, most fun to watch, but like yeah. uh, Threes obviously is a good example of a game that's fun to try and lose at because there's. People play this thing called Threes Golf, where you try and get the lowest possible score. Mm. Um, yeah, that's yeah. good. So that's an interesting kind of there's an interesting kind of design challenge there, I guess. Anything a game that is as fun to try and win at as it is to lose at, and yeah. Threes kind of inadvertently got there, I guess. Yeah. So one one of those games that is on purpose as fun to win at as lose. Is all of those um, eye maze games, mm. but uh, they're they're just yeah. a th- a thing where you have to put these f- objects in the right order. That's all you have to do. Once you know the right order, then you win. But something interesting always happens with every combination, and so just trying out all the different combinations, even if it doesn't yield success, makes something cool happen, and you don't feel sad about the fact that you didn't get all the way to the end. 
And I'm going to mention one more really quick. Okay. Uh, we're probably out of time. Um, it, and this is another one that Brandon and I have played in public. Uh, a game called The Act, which was oh, yeah. an arcade game that eventually, I think, became an iPhone game. Um, I think they sold, like, 20 kits for this arcade game, and it was this beautifully animated game uh, by former Disney animators, I think, where yeah. your only control is a dial, and you and you just uh, go left or right, and you're putting this guy through different social situations, and um, so you got to be kind of subtle, like to kind of like draw a girl's attention, but then like look away and then look back and and et cetera, et cetera. But like, there was always really funny animations if you would just like jerk the thing to either side. So like in that situation, um, if you jerked away, he would just like fall out of his chair, or if you uh, jerked toward her, he would just like tackle her, and. Uh, Finding the uh, the lose states in all of those scenarios was probably uh, better than the actual game. Yeah, that was pretty fun. But I also remember that we 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 spent a period of I don't know maybe a minute. There's a bit where he's supposed to try to offer her a rose, but he has to do it at the right time. But if yeah. you just f- fiddled with it at just the right uh, point, he would just be perpetually almost giving her a rose and then taking it back and she gets interested and then and then sad again because you're supposed to be cheering her up. So it just looks like she's, she's intrigued but then sad. Then intrigued yeah, but then sad. That's amazing and um, I think it's specifically Heavy Rain. Yeah. yeah. You can almost do a thing then stop. Almost do a thing then stop. So My favorite yeah. was the, the opening scene your wife gets home and maybe it's not the opening opening, but it's like near the beginning. Yeah. And like there's this part where you can kind of hug her from behind. And like my guy would just, like I'd make him just sort of like and she's not looking, so like uh, um he's coming from behind and like almost hugging her but then deciding not to, but then going in again. <laughs> and she's just like washing the dishes oblivious to it. It's pretty good. <laughs> That's pretty fun. Yeah. Also, by the way, Frank, the act is out on iOS. Yeah, I said that. Oh, did you? Act? Well, I'm dumb. What's Here's the a answer? listener question. Uh, listener, listener question. Listener <laughs> Jacob D asks, "What video games are the most dreamlike?" Oh. Jacob Sunny D. I've um, dreamed a lot of video games. Got this purple stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I like. Uh... <laughs> most dreamlike. Um, El Shaddai is pretty dreamlike when you're not playing it, like when you're just in the mm. world. El Shaddai is pretty. Pretty dreamy. Also, it I I would say that Sengoku Turb is kind of a a dreamlike game. That was one of the early games uh, by NEC for the Dreamcast, and it was it's just so weird looking, and you don't really understand what to do, and nobody speaks a real language, mm. uh, and it's all just little chirpy birds. It's a bunch and, of turbs. Yeah, but a whole bunch of turbs having having a big war, and uh, and and the gameplay changes. Oops, the gameplay changes and gets weird and stuff. But it's it just doesn't doesn't make any sense why anyone would make that game. Uh, I remember uh, uh, lack of love, aka lol, for the lol, Dreamcast. Lol. Um, I remember that one being kind of similarly dreamy in that, like, you have no idea why anything's really happening. Oh, yeah. you know, no, even oh, better than that is Switch Panic on the Sega CD is very dreamy because you just push buttons and weird stuff happens and 
none of it's expected and and yeah. it's constantly in the like why is this happening place when you're when you're playing that game so I don't know about you guys or everybody else, but I have many different types of dreams. Yep. So I've just um, got the one. Those uh, the, those Demon Souls, Dark Souls games actually feel very dreamlike to me. Just the way the world, the spaces kind of work together, like and or they they kind of fit together, and the buildings kind of feel like buildings, but they don't feel exactly like real. They feel like real enough, and then it it's I like the way. Just the whole general vibe of those games, where you die, and it's it's very emotionally poignant. Because a dream, more than anything else, is is something that while it's happening, you usually believe it, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you usually believe it. So, like in a game where death is super meaningful, and the game is about death, and death is like a mechanic. That's that's sort of like believing what you're seeing in a dream. But to me, uh, I think of the game Dark Savior for the Sega Saturn. Not the Dreamcast, which obviously has all the Dream games on it. Every yeah. game is a Dream on the Dreamcast. That's but right. uh, Dark Savior to me is very, very dreamlike because it starts out with that scenario on a boat where uh, there's just three different ways it can go down, and depending on which one of those ways it happens, you end up with these strange, bizarre scenarios that are, we are just, they just have their individual elements shuffled around and who's like the identity of a person is different and uh, just sitting around thinking about that game is, is kind of like some sort of weird waking nightmare and I, I really like that yeah I've got to admit that I, well I don't have to but I will admit uh, to <laughs> my embarrassment that uh, when I first played that game in high school or whatever I did not I did not understand it I didn't know because I I knew that some weird stuff was going to happen but I didn't understand how it was going to happen or w- how my actions affected it and uh it, I felt kind of kind of dumb because I didn't I didn't really get it back then. I so there was this game for the GameCube that I never played called Pokémon Channel and uh the game was basically you were sitting watching TV with Pikachu except all of the TV shows uh, starred Pokemon, and uh, they were about Pokemon, and uh, you could, like, order stuff from the Pokemon shopping channel. Wait, is, is, is this your dream? Is this your yes. dream that and all TV is, shows star Pokemon? Yes, and this is a dream I had, like, all the time before <laughs> this game came out. <laughs> That's really... Good. Kind of adorable. Um, <laughs> the, the Metal Gear Solid games are dreamlike to me in that, like, the stories make absolutely no sense, but if you play them long enough, you're just like, yeah, all right, yeah, let's go. I'll go with that. And and I always got. Yeah. And also, I played all of them in like all night sessions, all four of them. So yeah, me too. To it. Yeah, it was really I don't tired. Think I've ever played one of those games during the day. No, I didn't either. And and I've tended to finish them at like four or five a.m. So the combination of being really tired and like. Sort of just going with the plot that makes no sense. Uh, Me- middle, are... yeah. Yeah. On on that topic, maybe this one's sort of unfashionable, but I actually thought that Flower, Sun, and Rain felt just like that, like this sort of dreamy sure. repetition of being in the same hotel, things happening but not the same each day. Mm-hmm. Like I kind of like I actually really enjoyed that game, even though it was a hot mess. But yeah, very dreamlike. I thought. Yeah. It's got I mean, good music too. So those I was gonna say Metal Gear Solid 4 feels especially dreamlike to me. It feels like one of those dreams where 
where every every person you've ever dated is <laughs> in the same is like sitting around your living room and they're just kind of not really talking to each other and you know you're like hey guys uh wanna uh, I don't wanna watch a movie or uh, wanna go out and have something to eat and and everybody's just like yeah I don't know. and you're just all sitting there has anybody ever had a dream like that yep is that not one of the common dream archetypes I I don't know how common it is but I have had Similar scenarios, similar not necessarily with everyone that I've ever dated, but but just like, like a bunch of them all hanging out together. I've, de- I've definitely had that kind of uh, big cast of characters kind of situation. Yeah, yeah. So that's Me that's too. what Metal Gear Solid Four feels like. And if oh, cool. if that were an aspiration of uh, Hideo Kojima's, then good job, guy. Life yeah. is but a dream, Hideo Kojima. Life I don't know what that was supposed to mean. Sorry. But a Kojima. <laughs> uh, so freak, last week, freaking uh, guy. Yeah. Last week, Nintendo asked us all a profound question. Do you fight for fun or for glory? Fun or glory? What are you referring to? So uh, I can actually explain this. All right. uh, it's uh, Smash Brothers now has two types of online in the new Smash Brothers. Okay, uh, okay Jaffe, don't even correct me if I'm getting this wrong. I, I, okay. This is what my impression is. Um, it's you can play for glory, meaning with uh, kind of strict rules like the the common settings, right, like the, the agreed-upon tournament standard, or you can play for fun, which is uh, change a whole bunch of stuff and jerk around with a bunch of parameters, and et cetera, et cetera. Right? Is that it? Is that basically sure. it? That's it, Tim. That's basically it. So there's like there's two types of multiplayer, then. There's the for fun and the for glory mode. And you actually well, choose we're, we're, those we're are the titles. We're all definitely competitive uh, video game players here, so I think we're all yeah. going to play Heck for glory. Yeah, yeah. yeah. the thing with the thing with um, you know, the Smash Brothers for fun or for glory, like thing is. Hold on, can, Matthew. Can can you say for glory again? For glory. Yes. You? Yes, that sounds great. Thanks. Okay, Brian. Um, is the thing the thing is it's kind of that stereotypical argument, which is that if you play Smash Brothers for glory, you are sucking all of the fun out of it. Like, I mean, obviously, one says for fun, but the idea is like, for glory is um. Final Destination, which is just like a flat plane, no like uh, random things happen. And like if you watch people play it, like evil, I watch some people play evil. It's like super intense and really technical. Um, so yeah. it is quite impressive on that level. But a lot of people who like to play Smash Brothers, you know, for fun, would never ever play it that way because it just seems to remove everything about the essence of what Smash Brothers is like supposed to be in the first place. But I don't know if I agree with one way or the other. It's just. That's what the argument is, right? That's what Jaffe wants us to get into a discussion yeah. about. Well, I mean, I, I guess it's it's probably time for me to uh, make my joke, right? Which is, uh, right. not my joke, but my, my statement, which is, you know, Joke's I want to play for fun. And uh, when you play for fun, that means that you're not playing Smash Brothers. Oh, oh. Whoa. I mean, it was obvious that I was going to say that. Yeah, that I, I, I that thought you were going to say the bubble, real question. I thought you were going to say the real question is if you want to play for Gunner for Flory. Uh, no. Oh, no, you no, should have made... Man, make, you lose, Brandon. You lose. You should have made that joke. Yeah. Um, I am uh, more interested in the uh, Tomodachi Life trailer that Nintendo put out last week. Oh, yeah, I me was, too. Uh, sure. oh, yeah, I, I, I saw I that thing... Them. I want to get that game. And I was like, hey, I can totally get how human beings that are not me would be interested in that video game. Oh, I don't yeah. even want to play the game, but like that I have a super trailer, interest in that. That trailer was like 
I don't know. I I wasn't like, oh my god, this is amazing. But I that remember trailer was the first time that I felt like Nintendo of America was like, doing something weird and cool. Had had some kind of voice, you know? Yeah, like like they before had that, it's just over something once. Yeah, like like uh, before that, it's just you know. Uh, the new Nintendo Wii U. It's got games for your family. You know, like that's that's been their marketing lately. And then this trailer comes out of nowhere. It's just ten minutes yeah. of weirdness. And so it it didn't come out of nowhere for people who were aware of the Japanese DS game Tomodachi Collection. Oh sure, was, yeah. But yeah, uh, the trailer, Frank. Did. I'm talking about. Yeah, oh, trailer, well, all of all of the Japanese trailers for Tomodachi Collection were super super weird. So okay. it's just like if. It's it's neat that Nintendo is deciding to make that a global thing. That's like uh, or so like take that outside of Japan. Like that's really awesome. And it is it is unexpected that they would uh, market something like that in the U.S. It's it, extremely weird. So I love that. I'm yeah. up for that. I'm probably gonna get it. Uh, just because uh, that game to me is always like, why doesn't somebody like Zynga make a game like this? Right? Like yeah. I mean, there's there's so much money in a game like that, but it seems like I guess Nintendo does, has to do Zingo it. Does Zingo even exist anymore? I mean, I never hear about them. Well, I, I drove by their building the other day, so I guess they they still exist. I think they've uh, been in sort of like reorg mode, and they'll, they'll kind of come back swinging soon. Is my perception after yeah. they hired uh, what's that guy who looks like a ferret from Microsoft? Matrick? Yeah, I know. I, I actually John know. Matrick, John Matrick. Yeah. Yeah, Matrick. That guy's really ferrety. And then, like, yeah. when they, when they, there was like a picture of Matrick and uh, the CEO Zing and Mark Pincus together, and I don't. Oh, they look like brothers. <laughs> yeah, and one of them is like way shorter than the other, and it's like so weird because it's like you would expect from their headshots that they're the same height, like because they look so similar. Anyway, I want to say about Smash Brothers, I like that there's a for fun and a for glory mode, and uh, Video Ball has in its multiplayer. Uh, right before the game starts, you choose start game or you choose customize. So it's there's regulation rules for every arena, and then there's non-regulation. If you choose customized custom rules, you can just jerk around and do whatever you want, and you can choose how many balls, you can choose how how fast the game is, you can choose how you know it's all that crap. So I I love having a for fun option, and I don't think that for fun and for glory are mutually exclusive. Uh, yeah, so. I mean, I don't think they're mutually exclusive, so I think it's actually that they've just kind of admitted that Smash Brothers is not a successfully competitive game, even if you play with friends. Like, you can't feel that you ever, like, won because you played pretty well unless you caught everything of the game out. So I think it's more like the Smash Brothers team just sort of throwing their hands up and going, well, one of them is going to be a bunch of random fun nonsense, and the other one's going to be the for real game. I really don't think Smash Brothers was ever intended to be a competitive game. It's it it never was. It was always intended to just be a fun game. But, yeah, but I mean, when I'm... when Smash Brothers Brawl came out, and they had they had clipped the uh, competitive nature of the game uh, what out of what seemed like spite for the serious fans, uh, a lot of people were uh, kind of understandably hurt. Yeah. So, it's nice that they have this competitive option in there because people play the game on a goddamn GameCube now, you know, because yeah. they, they don't want to play the Wii version. So uh, are they actually trying to say, hey, maybe play this new version at Evo? Is that going to get them? It's probably just a plan to sell 300 more Wii U's is what it looks like. Yeah. I think that's what work. they're trying to say. But, I mean, like, 
Yeah. Rather than actually like balance the game, right? Where it's successful as a fun game and a competitive game overall, they're just ghettoizing them both, right? They're just like just do one or the other. Because I mean, it's like yeah. I I mean I like games where like you know stuff happens to me. So some you know it's like it's like the difference in board games between like a game that people call a meta trash, which is all dice rolling, and they say well there's no um true like uh, competitiveness in that because you're just rolling dice and like those Euro games where it's all very serious drawing cards and shit and uh, that doesn't mean though that you can't have an Ameritrash game that's really really um, competitive even though there's that random element um, I guess with that I don't know if I've got a point here but that's what I'm saying right. <laughs> yeah. um, here's our next thing this is going to be a bit of a thought experiment uh, these, uh, uh, modern psychology uh, divides the human experience into six universal emotions. So I'm going to name one of them. Like you Princess to, Peach. Uh, and you have to tell me Princess exactly Peach. like Princess Peach. You have Princess to tell Peach. me uh, which video game, uh, and you can't say Super Princess Peach, uh, best addresses that particular emotion. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so our first one is happiness. Super Princess Peach. <laughs> Darn it, Tim, you see, the thing is, I just said, like, 15 seconds. Yeah, right. okay. Happiness, huh? Yeah, happiness. Hmm. Probably, so, probably some, something with Kirby in it. No. Yeah. No, Kirby doesn't make me happy. Uh, expressing happiness. Um, let's see. One of those games where all the little thingies are happy in the background and everything. Super Mario like, Brothers 3 has the dancing flowers and hills in the very first I feel game. like the that new Super Mario Brothers, which I don't even like, where oh, everybody okay. like jumps up and down and like dances in the time with the music and stuff. Like, Wait, was this Nintendo Zombos? games only? No. no. Okay, so Rainbow Islands. Nintendo games only. Rainbow Islands. Ah. Rainbow it's got Islands rainbows, the music's happy, everything everything is smiling. The whole uh, Blue no. Skies genre. Outrun. I think Outrun 2 is the one that I was going to Nothing has it like if if the if the car in Outrun had a smiley face in the front then yeah. I would say yes but it doesn't. That's a little on the nose. I, I almost wanted to happen. say Parappa the Rapper but then I was like no Parappa the Rapper is really depressing if you mess up like a tiny bit. Yeah, yeah. that's true. And it's yeah. so easy to mess up. You uh, rap an awful. The main right, character uh, is a, a flower with a happy face. Moving on, sadness. Oh, uh, most games uh, uh, the Last Guardian. <laughs> oh, TLG, <laughs> TLG. Too soon. Silent Hill. Yeah, Silent, Silent Hill. Not yeah. Right. Oh, sadness. I don't know. Like sa- yeah. sadness to me also implies some some form of self punishment, which is why Silent Hill kind of came to mind for me. Yeah, it's that makes sense to me because you have to force yourself to feel these terrible things. Yeah. Uh. But also, obviously, Final Fantasy VII when Eris dies. Duh. Yeah, that, that's uh, really it's yeah. such a shame. Yeah, yeah that, that's when we all cried. That's still cry. I'm still crying. That's why. I mean, I, that I, is I, I gotta, music died. I gotta say, I just I liked her so much, and I couldn't yeah. believe that they would do that. That's a joke. I thought she was really boring. <laughs> Remember that one time she gave you flowers? No. no. Yeah, yeah. She gives you the flowers, and then you're like, oh man. Why? I hope she doesn't die. Yeah. You know, in, in Crisis she, Core, you help her set up that flower garden uh, at the beginning. You're the reason that, uh, that, oh, that happens. So. Is that a joke, or is that something that actually happens? 
Well, now that I've said it out loud, I'm not sure anymore, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure that was real. I only played halfway through that game. I played it a fair bit. That's that amazing! Happened. That's like a prequel to Die Hard showed up like, oh, this Nakatomi Plaza. I sure hope that there's no, like, hostile takeover. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, like, that'd be the main... I would totally watch that, where they're like, how big should we make the vents? And it's like, what if they were big enough that a man could fit through them? <laughs> crazy. Yeah. He's like, no, I want to be big enough that a man can fit through. Don't! No! Like, I'm Nakatomi! Yeah. <laughs> Nakatomi! <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. that, our next emotion is surprise. Okay. Surprise! Oh, oh, I know this one. I know this one. This Final Fantasy Seven when Aris dies. Here's a good joke for Tim. It's a uh, it's yeah. Bikuriman. Bikuriman. Yeah, I know that yeah. one. Yeah. One. That uh that that means surprise man. So. <laughs> there you go. Man. I love Bikuri. Yeah. We got that Metal Gear Solid with them exclamation points. I think that uh, that based on his dedication to it, Frog Fractions is a pretty good one because mm. oh yeah, he, uh, like he's he was actively tackling surprise, trying to surprise you, and Frog Fractions too. He's he's trying to surprise you so hard that he won't even tell you what the game is or how you're gonna get it. Yeah, so maybe Frog Fractions. Yeah, Frog Fractions is a good a good one. I like that. One day I'm gonna get over my fear of super long tongues and play that game. Nah. Nice. All right. Uh, speaking of which, our next one is disgust. Oh, disgust. Something with oh, I know. Uh, there's a game that I almost had to work on uh, called Major League Eating, which is oh, all. Oh no! It's all just. Eat, <laughs> oh no! It's eating sounds, burping sounds, vomiting sounds, farting sounds. That's that's what the game is. Someone thought that was something that you should do. Oh, wow. that's the insert credit nightmare. It's for the Wii. Yeah. You know, it's it's funny. I'm thinking disgust and like, uh, booger man is coming to mind, but not because sure. of the boogers, just because it's like the color palette and the character designs really gross. It's got that farty music too. Yeah. What was good. that uh, game where you played a co- cockroach bad mojo? Does anyone I don't know, know that, that game? one? No, I don't know it. I don't think. Uh, yeah, no, it's like it has actual like digitized photographs of like dead rats and stuff in it. It's really gross. That's pretty weird. Yeah, yeah it's cool that someone know, decided they wanted to that. do that though. A game with a bunch of I want I, I I don't know. I'm kind of curious about this, but I'm I don't, curious not as well. Really curious. Yeah, it's, I think it's a PC game. Bad, I think it's called Bad Mojo. You play a cockroach. Uh, um. I don't want to play as a cockroach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to play with a cockroach. I don't want to play yeah, as a Bad Mojo, computer game by Pulse Entertainment from 1996. Oh, that looks really gross. Look at that. Oh, look at that dead Sounds rat. about right. Dead rat with razors like in its neck? Wow. That's kind of sick. The last of our six emotions is anger. Anger. I just want anger. to point out that when I looked it out, looked up Bad Mojo game, uh, one of them was uh, the Powerpuff Girls Bad Mojo Jojo, which I don't think has any dead rats with razors in it. Oh, it does have good. a monkey with an exposed brain, though. That's pretty gross. That's true. Now, yeah, what did you just say, Jeffy? I, I was like, anger. anger. Well, it's obviously something with Nintendo, because those guys, they get so mad. Just the fans, they get so mad when Nintendo does stuff. Yeah, you know? really. Like, so, any Zelda that's not out yet. How about that? <laughs> By ID Software. Nice. Yeah, they don't call him the content video game nerd. 
Yeah. It shouldn't come. That'd be anything. good though. Like a guy yeah. who's just like, yeah, this is pretty good. I'm having a nice time. Yeah, everything's like, fine. Frank, you could be that guy. You could be the content, content video game nerd. Yeah. yeah. I, I feel like you'd be really good at that. Yeah, it's fine. You know, yeah, like, yeah, like NPR right. level uh, game debate. Yeah. I, you know, I have to even chill about everything. I, I play better, but, you know, it's fine. <laughs> my, my life is still rich and meaningful. I mean the the jumping, you know, I've I've had better jumps in games. Ah, you got you're getting too far, Frank. You're getting getting down the rabbit hole. Oh boy. Oh, good old rabbit hole. Getting too close to anger. Uh, uh, our next topic is one that's uh, sincerely puzzling to me. Uh, can someone please explain Goat Simulator? No. Oh man, I don't even know what that is. I just yeah. I keep hearing or it's a Goat Simulator. What is there to explain? It says it right in the title. Yeah. Why is it a thing people talk about? Have you not watched a video of it? No. Why would I watch a video of a goat? Uh, right. Okay, so you're First like I'll I'll, I'll fucking explain goat simulator to you then. Yeah, do. What it is 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 these guys made like basically like a big sandbox like uh, where you can play a goat. And the clever thing about it they did is is they said we're not fixing any bugs other than crash bugs. So the goat has this weird floppy neck, but they were like, eh, it still works. You know, the, like it's connected. And yeah. um, characters like move about in weird ways. They react in strange ways. The physics is really off. But it's all super hilarious by bumping into things as the goat. Um, and the bugginess is what makes it... So we were talking earlier about like Frog Fractions level surprise. There's lots of surprise in this game as you run around as a goat knocking things over because nothing goes quite the way you think it's going to. But it's just like a sandbox yeah. game. There's not really much uh, content to it. That sounds like an evolution of whatever that, that frog game is on the Ouya. Yeah, oh, Amazing that, Frog. That frog yeah. game, man. Yeah, yeah it's like... It's like um, like a first, no, a third person goat em up where uh, your goat has a weird floppy neck and can um, attach, attach themselves to a jetpack and blow up uh, uh, gas stations and stuff. I mean, it's definitely like an hour of entertainment for sure. The game sort of makes no sense. I've played around with that game at Indicate. It's kind of cool, though. I guess the reason people are talking about it is, uh, well, it's that, but also just the title. It's got a good headline. You know, people click nope. on good headlines. Goat yeah, it's, un it's unfortunate for uh, Escape Goat, which came out at a yeah. very similar time and uh, is like a, a, a video game. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and, man, Goat Simulator is getting all the goat love. But... I. In my in my ideal world, there's room for a bunch of games that have goats in them. I yeah, and I don't think I don't think the goat thing is the interesting. I think the interesting thing is deciding to only fix crash bugs once you reach a certain level of the game working. I yeah. think that's a really interesting way to go. Um, yeah. I, I want to say that next time we do a uh, best game of all time episode, anyone who votes for Goat Simulator is permanently banned from the show. Why? You haven't even watched a video of it. What's what have you got? Because it's goats? a bad joke. How bad no. of a joke is it? No, it's I not. not sure no, no, he's, he's talking about his. I think he's. I think. I think that Jaffe is talking about a bad joke that he just made because yeah. because it's B goat. Yes. Best game of all time. Best yeah. game of yeah. all time. B goat. Yeah. B goat. Yeah, that's a bad joke. That was that yeah, was one of those rough jokes that wasn't necessarily going to come across. You're there banned. You I guess I've banned myself. 
Yeah, yeah you're banned. All right. Friend of the show, Kara Ellison, is traveling the world to shadow her favorite game makers. If you were <laughs> vetting her itinerary, what? Uh, who would make the list? Uh, pass. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Wait, what? What? What was I? I didn't actually hear the full question. What was that? Uh, so, Kara uh, Ellison, friend of the show, she. Oh, I know her. Traveling the world to shadow her favorite game makers. Uh, if you were oh, vetting, yeah, she did that in my house. If you were vetting her itinerary, who would make the list? She's, who she's would just you like? To Toronto. There's loads of them here. So you were saying there's. So basically, there's. Uh, the idea is she's staying with people and then writing about them. Which, which the question is, which game developers would you like to read? Uh, long narratives about, like their, their uh, that's lives. part of it. That's part of it. Uh, the other part is who would be fun for her to hang out with. Who would be interesting? Hmm. Maybe Jason Rohrer, because he lives in he lives in the desert. I think that would be funny. Yeah, that would be funny. Um, it'd just be about him raising his kids, I guess. It'd be a very Polygon article. I want to be. I want to hang out with Jason Rohrer. I heard we'll never be roarers. I would. I would. Does he talk about how evil dogs are all week? Does he not like dogs? Oh man, no, he does not. That that uh, the, whatever that game is that he's making now or made, I don't know. Is the, is the Citadel the the fam place? the protect protecting your family game? Castle, Castle Doctrine. Castle yeah, Doctrine. Doctrine. I got yeah, that was close. That is based on uh, him uh, not liking dogs and uh, trying to uh, tase them. No, that's not what it's based on. Right? Yeah, his wife got bit by a dog. No, he's gonna hit them with a stick, like a like yeah. a nightstick. Wasn't yeah, it taser? Does. It does have a taser on it, though. Does it? Is he really? Wait. I thought so it was just I... a, just a just a plain old like one of those like sticks. He was What's talking about having that? a taser. Yeah. Yeah. What's with people like talking about uh, that game as though it were like some huge, uh, terrifying like thing, like as though it were like some hugely controversial thing? What's I think what's I think it's so controversial about it. Uh, well, I mean, it's it's got the. Uh, I think there's the first part is that people know him, and so there that's where the discussion gets started, and then you. Since he puts importance on his games and talks about them like they're real things, uh, that there's that element that makes people take it more seriously. And so then, mm-hmm. like Lee Alexander will write an article, and then that kind of legitimizes it as a topic for discussion. And then uh, it kind of goes from there because he is, he does have ideas in there, and he also has, you know, he, he's letting people destroy your real money. That's something like that was that was controversial when Eve did it, even. Mm-hmm. So uh, I guess I that's mean, the stuff. But I mean, I remember no, not, reading an article about. The, money. I remember that? reading an article about the Castle Doctrine where somebody was like, "Oh man, this was the most uncomfortable game I have ever played. I cannot bring myself to ever play it ever again." And it was like there were like Stan Lafontaine. So I looked around, and there were like ten articles that pretty much mimicked that opinion. And it was like, whoa, uh, I kind of jerked around with this game before. It's not that weird. Uh, I don't know. It's pretty weird, I guess. I think people are putting themselves into it. They're, they're thinking about things that have happened to them and, and, and how they might react in situations. And also just the idea of like your game world being violated is kind of a 
games are a happy, safe place for a lot of people, and I, I don't know. I, I'm just talk. I'm just saying ideas about what I think people might think. I uh, I would I would like to see Kara go hang out with a work for hire game development studio that's in trouble. Oh, oh that fun. could be interesting. Yeah, that's what I want. Because it could just be like really, really, uh, really depressing and yeah. sort of interesting. Because yeah, there's a lot of people just yeah doing a job, man, getting the work done, yeah. you know. And that's partially like we are not in trouble at all, but like. As she uh, was doing the series, um, actually when she was at your house, I guess, Tim, uh, a whole bunch of weird, interesting, near-missy stuff happened in our office, like all at the same time. And uh, I was like, man, this would have made a really good article. Not that yeah. like I want anyone to know what, you know, our laundry or anything, but like someone else like us, I'd read that. But I mean, yeah, yeah, there's, there's sides to stuff. You know that you you don't uh, that never get any coverage. Yeah, yeah, that's the sort of thing that could be interesting. It's usually the inside. Exciting. Yeah, yeah that side. Yeah, yeah the yeah. inside is the side. Right. So yeah, that's kind of exciting. Or like can... some super boring developer that's just making licensed games. You know that would be interesting. Licensed. Like Vicarious. Yeah. Is Vicarious Vision still around? Like no. <laughs> okay. Like that would have been a good one. Yeah, I like how the, the, the advice, the the intention is, let's make sure Kara has a really bad and boring time. <laughs> well, because that, that makes for the most interesting stories to tell. Absolutely. Later. You don't, you don't yeah. end up with fun stuff uh, uh, by having fun. Right. You, don't have, you don't have fun by having fun, is what I'm no saying. No one ever got anywhere by having fun. Like, live, live with, like, hang out, live with, uh, talk to, work with uh, somebody who... Who God darn does economy design for a social yeah. company or something like, or like a, a work for a hire or a a contract, uh, like math person who just builds virtual economies. Maybe they have something interesting. Yeah, to say. I, I want to read stuff like that because, and and this is not a slam against anything she's done so far, but like, um, this is an opportunity to do actual journalism. And I'm not I'm not yeah. giving an opinion whether whether like what she's doing is that or not. But what I'm saying is that like this is an opportunity to actually embed yourself somewhere and and tell a story that hasn't been told as opposed to just spotlighting people. And like that's I agree with you. Like like an economist would be awesome, or like a a studio that's in trouble, or yeah. yeah like what like, what kind of person are those people? You yeah, know, that's. I mean, I I know some of them, but I feel like you could tell you could have somebody yeah. put a spin on it, tell an interesting story. Uh, in in Kara's defense, I think that's a little beyond the scope of the initial thesis. I find it uh, quite interesting as a group, though, we're sort of anti the idea of her of these articles being like glamorizing and creating this sort of rock star image to developers, and instead it's like. Why did you find boring, realistic things to look at that will reveal what it's actually like to make games? I think it's it's bit, yeah, it's just it's just people doing work, you know. That's yeah, game yeah. Well, it is you know, and make that interesting instead of making people interesting. <laughs> that's part of it too. Yeah, you know, just, I mean, give the boring its uh its time in the sun, you know. Yeah, but uh, it's, it's also the gray gray sun. You can also make. I mean, you can make really interesting writing out of something like that. It's like instead of just talking to indie developers who have cool fashion sense and cool friends and uh, yeah. eat at interesting restaurants, you know, you could have just get a, get a taste of uh, 
That's like too easy, you know. I, 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 yeah. It's not like, only too easy. It's it's not typical, and thus kind of gives the wrong impression about what game development is. Yeah, like uh, I would say. Uh, so I think Ula Lilia is a really good idea. Oh, that's great. Uh, Ula Lilia is first of all like the coolest dude. Yes. I watch I watch all of his YouTube videos, and I know he lives in Fargo, North Dakota. Uh, which is also one of my favorite movies, which they made a TV show of. Did you guys know they made a TV show called Fargo that is set in the universe of the film Fargo? I what? Yeah, it just started. On, it's on FX. It uh, just started like two days. Oh, I guess I heard about it. Also, I didn't. I don't know who Ula Lilia is. You don't know who Ula Lilia is. Uh, I think you should just go ahead and turn your computer off and throw it out the window. <laughs> Ula Lilia I, is. I, I think instead that right after this is over, you should look up that name and. Go yeah, ahead. yeah. Ula Lilia is a really cool guy, and uh, he's making a platform game that is about called Platform Masters about a character that can... Oh, yeah, I heard about that. Uh, basically, there's, like, no ceiling on your velocity. There's, like, no ceiling on your jump height. It's just all solid, hard platform, 2D platforming, and that's what he likes. He's done yeah, a lot of videos where he shows you glitches in Bubsy and yeah. exploits... Uh, he, he loves to find... Because Bubsy 3D, for some reason... Bubsy 3D. Yeah. I think it's because it's 3D. Like it, it, it tells you how high you are, and he's really obsessed with getting to the highest points he can. In yeah, yeah. 3D, and it's fascinating. It's just really digging around, rooting through these games. Just yeah. stuff. I get, getting everybody up to level nine, 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 nine in Disgaea. Yeah, yeah. He's he has done that before as well, and uh, uh, he's. He uh, he goes at it with a uh, a degree of devotion just unparalleled, and uh, his his game looks really cool. Uh, it has like infinite, not infinite, but it has like a thousand layers of parallax going in the background, and yeah. he's always like. I heard about that too. He does these twenty minute uh, update videos once a week. I watch all of them just because you know put it on and just you know chill out with it. And, and like and like going back to the Kara writing about him scenario, it's like he's an interesting person because he uh, he's terrified of mirrors. Uh, he only yeah. eats he only eats frozen pizza, I believe. Like he's yeah. like he's he's a weird person. He's an interesting like, guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's uh, there was a sort of a documentary that was being made about him, the Platform Master, I believe it was called, and uh, I'm not sure if it uh, ever really finished happening. But that could be a cool guy if she could get in touch with him. That would be yeah. the one that I would be interested in reading. Yes. I would be I would be interested in writing one of my own. I'd go hang out with that guy for a week. I'd be interested in watching the uh, version of indie game, the movie that interviews people like him instead. Yeah, instead yeah. of people like these these newly affluent uh, dudes, yeah. uh, newly affluent uh, white dudes in glasses who uh, yeah. made a million dollars off of their. They're chasing the dream of Super Mario. I'd rather see. Uh, none of those games had. Uh, well, okay, Super Meat Boy feels real good. But, uh, but I'd rather watch. I'd rather watch. Feels good. I'd rather watch a documentary about the guy who lives with his mom still. And lives with his sister. Pizza. Is it his sister now? I thought it was. Is yeah, his I mom last time I looked? Yeah. I know. I know way too much stuff about Lilia. Okay. I have, right. a, I have a friend on Facebook who is Facebook friends with him, and he comments on all of her photos, and it's just, I see it, and I'm like, man. What a cool and nice guy. Every time I see his comments, I'm just like, what a cool, nice dude this guy must be. He's the best. I, yeah, he's I hope he gets to be dude. somebody's dad someday. 
The best dude in the universe, probably. What I, what I like about him is that the internet sort of collectively started by making fun of him and being like, look at this weirdo, and like everyone's, through, through his tenaciously just being a really nice guy, like, yeah. basically the internet has collectively come around to loving him and respecting yeah, it's him. It's like, why the heck not? Yeah, I liked, I, I've never disliked that guy. I never made fun of that guy. I like that dude. Yeah. And uh, I think his game, on on the other hand, maybe independently of this, I think his game looks really cool, and I really yep. want to play his game. And I like that he's just sticking to his guns, and he's making a game that's just straight up about jumping real high and running real fast and uh, being real I, precise. I think it's time for us to run along to our lightning round. Okay. Oh, the lightning round. Okay, we're playing a game that I think we played last time you were on, Matthew. This is called Title Design. Uh... And what I do is I tell you the title of something, and you have to uh, design a game based on the name of the thing alone. Uh, this week, we're doing all albums by country music singer Tim McGraw. Okay. Nice. Okay. All right. So I'm going to name an album, and you have to come up with a video game based on the name of that album. Uh, we begin with Not a Moment Too Soon. Not a Moment Too Soon. Wait, wait, we're supposed to think of a game? We're supposed to design a game or think design, of a game? Design a game. Yeah, Not a Moment a Too Soon is uh, about two characters who are uh, about to punch each other. Wait, I don't, <laughs> never mind. It, I don't know. It's Urban Champion, but you, but you can rewind time. Yeah, no, no, no. It's like, you know like when you have to go to a job interview and you can't arrive to the job interview too early, but you also yeah. can't arrive late, right? If you arrive like 50 minutes early, yeah. they're like, oh, that guy's way too eager. No way. Yeah. It's, a, it's a game about arriving at job interviews exactly the right it's time. It's exactly five minutes before the interview. Or exactly five uh, minutes before. You know the Gran Turismo braking tutorial for the license where you have to brake and uh, stop the car in like a little little zone? It's just that. Except okay. at higher speeds. Uh, I think. Uh, I think. Millions of levels on, on that. Kumar's oh, idea, I... where you're, where you're, you you started the job interview, but then it's just all the rest of the things for the rest of your life. Like, you you're gonna have a baby, and then when when do you talk to your child about sex? And then <laughs> all these life moments you have to do it just. Yeah. Uh, all I want. The sandbox oh, game. It's a game about piles of money. <laughs> it's uh, like Tetris, but the pieces are made of uh, uh, wads of $100 U.S. American bills. It's okay. a game where you're the licensing director at Sega and you're signing the offspring for Crazy Taxi. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Everywhere. Everywhere. Everywhere? It's a, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a game about um, being this uh, slime monster that's growing constantly and eating the world. Sure, it's like the blob. Yeah. yeah. I like it. Uh, a place in the sun. A place in the sun. Uh, you're, you're, you're on a rocket ship that is on a collision course with the sun, and there's like a little island on the sun that you can Yeah, and on. if you just hit that island, then you'll just then, like, live on the sun. Yeah. Then you'll make it. Yeah, and it's like you... Up. So you can either fail or you can try to try to like direct your trajectory until you land on the sun. Yeah. All right, on the little uh, sun island. Set this circus down. Set this circuits circus you're, down. You're a uh, you're a, a a justice loving carny who uh, wants to free all the animals and uh, release everyone everyone else in or everyone in the carnival is a slave. And you want to release all the people and all the animals, and uh, you have to set the circus down in the process. Okay. Uh, it's like a third yeah. game. 
live like you were dying. Live like you were dying. Oh, it's man. uh, it's the uh, the uh, subtitle to the Sanford and Son game where you're constantly <laughs> yes. uh, pretending like you're having a heart attack. <laughs> wow, that's a that's a deep cut in the credit. That's pretty good. <laughs> uh, let it go. Uh, it's a game about a slingshot. You're finding okay. a slingshot. Angry Birds. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta you gotta let go to get going. Uh, Southern <laughs> voice. What? Southern voice. Southern voice. Hmm. You know. Okay. I think this is a. Uh, it's a game about a community newspaper that uh, ha- starts covering this 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 weird thing that happened, and uh, and winds up getting deeper down the rabbit hole into some weird conspiracy. It's, Southern Voice is the name of the paper. I like it. I was saying, what about that game? Uh, remember that game where you had to like tell women like uh, like on like a spaceship what to do? I forget. It was PlayStation Two. Does anyone remember that game? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the country <laughs> game called uh, um, something Voice Experience. I don't remember what it was called, but it was a Konami yeah. game. Yeah. Exactly yeah. that, except you have to do it in a Southern Voice, otherwise she doesn't do what you're telling her to do. Yeah. <laughs> she can't understand you unless you're talking. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, you have to you have to Truman Capote or whatever, otherwise she just won't won't do what you're saying. Yeah, and she and she and she's like Paula Dean, and she only speaks Southern. Uh, yeah. Uh, emotional traffic. Emotional what? Emotional traffic. traffic. Oh, baby. <laughs> um, it's uh, Super Princess Peach, but you're a car. No, yeah. no- <laughs> You're, you're driving in cars. Okay, so it's a game about just like a commute to work. It's a 3D driving game, and uh, every one there's six different emotions, right? And yeah. every driver in the on the road possesses one of those emotions, and like the emotion uh, determines like the color of their car. So if someone is sad, then they're like driving really slowly, and if they're angry, they're driving really fast. It's kind of like Pac-Man uh, AI patterns, where each ghost does a different thing. So you're just trying to get from point A to point B, but the emotions of the traffic is uh, procedurally generated. Oh, that's cool. So that, so that like some people are starting and stopping because they're uh, they're happy. I don't know. You should, <laughs> you should be able to uh, affect their emotions though, because that that'll otherwise it'll be kind of uh, just just a cruise. So. Yeah, but you each 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 car has a different emotion, so it's I don't I don't know. It's um, maybe you can roll down your car windows and play a sad or a happy song from your stereo. Yeah, you have like two buttons you can press while the window is rolled down. You can flip the person off, or you can give them a thumbs up. So you have the flip off button <laughs> Sorry, and the like... thumbs up button, and that can change. Like flipping off a happy person will make them uh, angry, but flipping off a sad person will make them uh, uh, disgusted. Yeah, <laughs> and flipping up a disgusted person will make them happy. And thumbs thumbs upping a a sad person will make them happy. Okay. <laughs> flipping off a disgust thumbs upping a disgusted person will make them angry. Of course, and, wait, and, and, I have no idea. Has a chance of making them surprised. Flipping off a, ha- a, 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 a an angry person will make them happy. Okay. Uh, two and the last one is two lanes of freedom. Two lanes of freedom. Same game yeah, as, yeah. A, uh, as yeah. emotional traffic, but there are two empty lanes. You cut off. There yeah, are two. There, off. Same game as uh, emotional traffic, but with two empty lanes, so that you can uh, kind of you know, get through there faster. Sure. All right. 
that's our show, everybody. Uh, is there anything you guys want to talk about, thing, uh, projects going on, make our audience aware of them? I guess I would like to talk about how, if any of our ob- audience happens to be from, uh, <coughs> sorry, from uh, Poland, that y'all should come to the Digital Dragons Festival out there in May, because I'll be there, and then we could say hi. And if you know how to program games, then we could say hi even more. <laughs> so say just as just as likely to uh, just as likely as people being in Toronto or Poland, uh, if you have Windows 8 and buy Windows 8 games, uh, buy Hexic. <laughs> okay. That's equally as likely. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and I'll just restate: if you're in Toronto on May 10th. Uh, you should go to the uh, Bit Bizarre Abento Miso as part of the Toronto Comics Arts Festival. You can Google all these things, and you can play lots of awesome video games, including mine, uh, Night and Damsel. So cool. I, wanted, I want to say something else about Hexy really quick, because it's funny. And then, and then it's Tim's turn. I'm sorry, Tim. Um, so the, on the Facebook fan page today, someone posted uh, very concerned about the plot I wrote into our Match 3 puzzle game. Um, where I had this throwaway line after you matched three hexes and they disappeared, uh, saying something to the effect of, don't worry, they're in a better place now. And oh, someone, God. Was, someone was very concerned that they possibly were killing hexagons, and, <laughs> and they, were, they were wondering if uh, the actual plot explanation was coming in a future update. So, <laughs> that's, that was one of, that's one of my proudest moments. That anyway. is so Are you killing hexagons? Yeah, I have sure. a really boring explanation in my head of what you're actually doing, and I should probably just keep it to myself. I yeah, want to hear it, but off the air. Spoil it. Okay. My, okay. my thing uh, I was going to say also deals with the voice sample, and I was going to say that we recently put a pre-match screen in Video Ball where we have our announcer, Jen Frank's voice, saying, Get ready for Video Ball. And I just wanted to hype to everybody. I wanted to let everyone know that the command... I feel very bad about that being in there. It is disingenuous because no matter how many times you play, whether it's zero or a million, you cannot get ready for video ball. It's impossible. Uh, <laughs> so I would tell you that the game is coming out soon, and I would tell you to please anticipate it, and I would tell you to expect it, and I would tell you to get ready for video ball, but that's impossible. You will, <laughs> however, play video ball, and that's it. That's all I got. That's the end. Okay. Uh, so you can follow us on Twitter. I'm sorry, yeah. I didn't look up your Twitter handle, uh, uh, guest, whose yeah, name I just forgot. Yes. That's How at, is this possible? He's <laughs> joking. He's joking. It's at Matthew Kumar, where Matthew is spelled like with the word math and then E-W. Math, ew. Math, ew. Yeah, because uh, uh, in other words, not with two Ts. Don't spell with two Ts. And then Kumar that, that like? hangs out with Harold. Okay. Yeah, the, White, the White Castle. Yeah. Have you ever been to White Castle? That's a joke. No. Yeah. Uh, so the the rest of us are at Necrosofty at 108, at Frank Zafaldi, at Alex Jaffe. I'd like to thank our editor, Blaine Brown, who does an excellent job putting this uh, podcast together for audio format every week. Um, you can send your questions to podcast at intercredit.com. You can check out the archives at uh, podcast.insertcredit.com. Uh, it's as simple as that, guys. If you're listening to this live and can somehow manage to navigate the Google Plus comment system, we'll maybe talk to you a little after the show. Uh, and you can keep abreast of updates on uh, facebook.com slash icpodcast. I'm Alex Jaffe. I'm Frank Cifaldi. I'm Tim Rogers. 
I'm Matthew Kumar, suppose. <laughs> I'm Brandon Sheffield, for sure. Yeah. And Alex just died. I, I, I oh. didn't hear. I didn't hear Tim do his thing. Oh, he did, did it before me. Okay, I'll take your word for it. And now you're playing with podcasts. Oh yeah. Podcast over, yeah. Hold on, can't... Matthew. Can can you say for glory again? For glory. Yes. Yes, that sounds great. Thanks.